0: Hello, my friends. Welcome to the All Worth It podcast. Every week on the show, we have a conversation about change. Sometimes it's change that's happened to us, and sometimes it's change we go looking for. But just remember, it will be all worth it. So before we jump into today's exciting conversation, I wanted to ask, have you subscribed yet? If you're listening to the All Worth It podcast, we would love to invite you to subscribe. Whatever platform you use to get this podcast, it would be really helpful if you click the subscribe button. That way it's delivered right to your device every time we have a new podcast episode available. Also, if you wouldn't mind, could you leave me a review? It would be really helpful to help other people find the podcast. So today on the show, I am going to interview my friend Molly. She is a registered dietitian, and I'm really excited to bring you this conversation. I told you in my introductory episode back, you know, so many episodes ago, I think it's two. (laughs) I told you that we were going to talk to people who had experienced change but also gonna talk to some people who are experts in change and that would be her category. At some point, we will talk about changes she's experienced in her life but for now, we're bringing her on to chat about the work that she does with people as a registered dietitian. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you will too. Even if you can't relate to trying to lose weight, and get in better shape, you probably can relate to trying to take care of your body to the best of your ability. Molly gives some really great advice on practices that we can do and mindset shifts that we can make so that we steward our bodies really well. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to have this conversation, so let's just get to it. All right, I am so excited for today's podcast interview. I have a special guest on today. Well, I guess I always have a guest, but this one's special to me. Uh, I, I love them all, I guess I should say, but <laughs> I'm really excited for the conversation with Molly today. Um, we have been friends. We were just chatting about it. It's looking like we're at decades, like a decade, maybe a little bit more, but we're not that old, right, Molly?
1: <laughs> we're not going to tell anyone how old.
0: No, it's no. been a while. It's been a while and we were also chatting about, we've celebrated Halloween together a few times. Um, there was one year that we dressed up like condiments because we dressed a dog up like a hot dog and then we were the condiments. <laughs> we're gonna look for pictures, we can't make any guarantees. <laughs> Halloween's
1: coming, do you have a plan of what you're gonna dress up I like? don't yet. I feel like I, I was always dressing up before and had this big plan, but last year I was um, I was popcorn. <laughs> and I do have a picture of that, if you'd like it. Um, so I guess I better oh, yeah. uh, get to planning something.
0: Yeah, you got some time. You got some time.
1: <laughs> but reminder. Well,
0: <laughs> hey, you know that's what we that's what we're here for. I'm uh, one of the reasons that I wanted to have Molly on the podcast is she is um, a registered dietitian and has I've been seeing some posts that she's made with her business, and it just seems like a breath of fresh air when it comes to your body and how you eat and how you take care of it. And so I was immediately reached out to her and said, we, I want to talk. So I think this is going to be really helpful. doesn't matter. I think you will benefit from this conversation if you're a man, you're a woman. I think it's going to be helpful for all of our listeners. Um, plus, she's just delightful. So I'm excited to have her here. So Molly, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, where you, where you live, who you live with you know, anything you want to share.
1: Okay. Well, I am Molly Robinson. I live in Lexington, Kentucky uh, with my husband. We just moved here about a year ago. So we're getting to, to know some different surroundings and I'm a registered dietitian for a long time now. i uh, been one for over 15 years, I think. So I just really enjoy helping, helping women and um, just kind of helping them balance their nutrition and find life styles that are fitting for them.
0: Very cool. So tell us a little bit, like, what's your favorite way to spend an afternoon off or like, what's something that you really
1: are enjoying right now? Right now it's kayaking. My husband and I—we really? bought kayaks. Um, we've had them for a couple years now, um, so we've been trying to enjoy just exploring the different creeks and rivers of Kentucky. So we have a couple trips planned this weekend, but that's usually what we're doing if we're if we're off from work.
0: Fun. Now, what would make me a little nervous about kayaking? I have done it before. How many times have you fallen in? Never.
1: Really? Never fallen in. But we we don't do like big rapids. Um, okay. So there's been a few times like this. We were out last weekend and a, a larger boat has gone by and it sort of swamped me a little bit. But I didn't fall out, but that's probably the closest I've ever come to falling out.
0: I'd need to stay away from the big boats. It's not the extreme
1: <laughs> kayaking that you're thinking. It's just normal. He's, he's fishing and I'm kind of exploring. So it's just a, a relaxing day.
0: Nice. Very cool. I'll have to someday maybe consider that opportunity. It seems like kayaking has become a thing.
1: I think it has. I think you should experience, like you can rent them. You can try them that way. Yeah.
0: I should, I should give it a shot. I see a lot of people doing it and people have them. There's a ton of them out in the Pacific Northwest. So maybe it's a thing I'm missing out on. You should do it. All right. I'll add that to the list. (laughs) I wanted to talk with you a little bit about a conversation we had recently about how people experience change in their health and their weight. And there's just, so much information out there in the world right now about weight loss. Are you finding like does it feel like the world is just flooded with information or are we seeing more of it or more people talking about it?
1: I think it's it's always been there for a long time. Um, you know, if I think back to being even in high school, like the message that we get is often about, being thin or losing weight Um, but I think social media probably now that that has grown so much in so many different platforms I think that is something that's making us more like realize more just how how much of it's out there and a lot of it is so much misinformation. So it does get very confusing for people who are seeing this, what's right, what's wrong, you know, who's a credible source of information. So I think definitely is, it is more prevalent now.
0: Okay. We, we talked a little bit about before, what is diet culture? Can you
1: educate my, my listeners on that? Mm-hmm. So diet culture is a belief system that focuses on and values weight, weight, the shape of our body over health and well-being. So it's more of a belief that by restricting your eating and eliminating certain food groups, that that's going to make you healthier. And often we equate that health with having a smaller body size.
0: Yes, absolutely. How has diet culture impacted? I, I guess the better another way to say it. How has diet culture impacted us? Like what what are the effects of it?
1: So. If you think about all of the ways that we might see diet culture, so that may be in, like we said, social media, you might find it in places that you don't actually realize it's happening, like even on food packaging commercials. Um, just different ways that we see that promoted. We don't even realize that it's there, Um, but it's making us have this belief that a smaller body size equals healthy. And then it might even have the opposite effect in that people who are in more of a straight body size or a smaller body size, it can kind of make them not really think about health in other ways. Like just because they're in a smaller body size, they're healthy, which is not always the Mm -hmm. case. So it it is a distortion. Um, and it does, it does flood into our lives in a lot of different ways with just how we eat and even our, our thoughts about health and, you know, trying to achieve a certain, a certain body size.
0: It feels like Uh, that it's more socially acceptable and cheered on to go on a weight loss plan or to try some new eating plan. So whatever is the new fad, it's like, Ooh, have you tried fill in the blanks here? And I mean, I remember growing up and I, (laughs) there was the watermelon diet, the grapefruit diet, and the green bean diet where you ate just like copious amounts of those foods. Mm -hmm. And that was supposed to help you lose weight, but it wasn't like there were these whole big plans and those exist now and every one of them is like the secret to how we're going to lose weight.
1: Right. Yeah, we do. We It seems like there's more of a health halo around certain foods. So just thinking back to those diets plus some like, I don't know, the cabbage soup diet. I remember that one. Uh, just seeing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, remember that? <laughs> So it just makes us think that a certain food is going to solve all of our problems or eating a certain way is going to be, you know, how we achieve thinness and slimming down and that even even the distortion that once we're skinny once we're happy or we will be happy once we are thinner, smaller body size. And that's definitely not the case. So yeah, I think, I think we are seeing more of it. And it, it is more of just a health halo around certain foods and cutting out like, oh, I, we don't eat that because that, you know, that makes us unhealthy or that causes weight gain. And the reality is there's not one certain food that is going to cause us to lose or to gain weight. It's, it's a whole lot more than that than just what we eat and how much of it we eat.
0: It's so easy because there is – I feel – it feels like there's a lot of – so much of our value is tied to our body because it's what we present to people. And so that's what they see. So then there's a whole lot of value around that, our body. And so it is – it feels like we put pressure on ourselves when it comes to an eating plan or because it's like if I eat something that I view as a bad food, I'm a bad person mm-hmm. or I failed today because I ate such and such or I didn't do such and such. And it 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 feels like it's just a socially accepted way to live your life.
1: Right. And that, that talk, so thinking, you know, the mentality of good food, bad food. So then just like you said, we feel like we're a failure if we eat those foods, or if we didn't stick to that plan that we thought was going to solve all of our problems and help us to lose weight. Um, So then we feel like we are bad because we ate certain foods. So it does it does affect us in a lot of different ways. For sure.
0: What are some examples that you could share from people that you've worked with? So what are like, what are, I know you primarily work with women, um, correct? Yes. Okay. And oh, I was like, I think I remember that really, <laughs> yeah. but what are some, some stories that you've heard of how diet culture has maybe impacted uh, women's relationship with their body or food?
1: Well, I, I feel like well, a lot of my clients come to me being tired of dieting. They've, they've done all the things that we just kind of talked about. They've tried all the fad diets thinking that this is the one, this is, this is it for me, it's gonna work. And then they, they try, it might work for a little while, but then what happens is we're in this cycle of restrict and binge. So we cut out those certain foods that the diet is, is telling us to leave out, the, the bad foods, we cut those out. Um, and then we might be able to maintain that for a while, But what happens is with a lot of my clients, they, they say, I did, I did really well with that. I, you know, that worked for me, but yet we're still back at this point where it worked for a little while and then the weight came back. So I'm seeing more of this restrict binge mentality that, that my clients want to fix. They want to break free from that cycle of feeling like they're restricting and then not being able to maintain it. And then what happens is we crave those foods that we are missing and we end up overeating them or binging them. And and we want all the carbs or all of whatever that food was. So I do see, you know, that that is a consistent theme of just being tired of dieting. And we work hard to get rid of that diet mentality and Get back to a healthier food relationship.
0: I think um, you you said a comment when we were talking before about a set point for body weight, and that was just kind of like if you could picture the emoji with the like the mind blown. That was that was over my head when you had that conversation with like wait what? So could you explain that to our listeners? They might be further ahead of me, but I want to hear it again.
1: Well, so it's it's a theory that our body has sort of a biological blueprint. Um, So that would be a set point or a range usually of about five to 20 pounds where our bodies are comfortable and they thrive um, and they don't really fight against subtle changes in what we're eating or how much we're exercising. So there's not a whole lot of fluctuation. So people have a hard time accepting this in society because we want to believe that um, everyone's capable of achieving and maintaining a thin body when that's not the case. And honestly, if we were all the same size, if we were all thin and a certain you know, look to all of us, life would be really boring, right? First of all. <laughs> so, but what happens is we, body diversity is just so important because of our unique makeup and our chemical blueprint. So what happens is when we, we have a set point, if we diet, that Some people's set point I guess is a little bit is higher, right? So they they have a higher set point for their weight. So they may just naturally be thriving in a more curvy body, a larger body size. Some people have a shorter or a smaller set point. So maybe they are of a smaller straighter size and that's what makes us all unique. What happens is sometimes in dieting, we try to force ourselves into a body size that our body was not created to exist at. So a weight that is really not right for us. So we may be able to achieve weight loss, um, but what happens is our metabolism slows. It's kind of the body's way of conserving energy and trying to get back to that natural point where it's really comfortable. So it's kind of fighting us. On the weight loss and on the progress. But every time we diet and do this yo yo dieting, that makes the set point rise a little bit. So, women who have dieted for years may note that it's harder to lose weight and the weight's not coming off as it used to because it affected our metabolism and our set point is now a little bit higher.
0: So, I and I realize that I have a unique story about body issues and dieting. And that might not be all of my listeners' specific experience. So I don't want to project what I'm feeling on anyone else or vice versa. I'm curious because I feel like when I look at your social media, which you do a fantastic job, I'll send, I'll put links to it all in the show notes, I think you are just – you offer a breath of fresh air when it comes to health and nutrition and that's one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you because I – in my introductory podcast episode, I talk about that the show is about people who um, who work with change or who have experienced change Mm -hmm. and I think you are an example of people who help others make change. And so what I see in when it comes to taking care of our bodies because it's not just – there are people that don't need to go on a diet, they don't need to lose weight, but they also m- might need to just take better care of their body. Mm-hmm. What are some areas that you might um, coach people with or ex- watch or observe people not caring well for their
1: bodies? What are Do you have some examples that you can share of that? Absolutely. So it's not all about weight and caring for our bodies and even looking at things like Sleep patterns, are we in, do we have healthy sleep hygiene? So this is something that it doesn't, we don't really always think about it when it comes to, you know, nutrition and and weight loss or maintaining our weight, but that also affects those things. If we have poor sleep patterns, we may feel like we're hungrier during the day, that affects our appetite. And it can also affect how our body metabolizes the nutrients and uses those. So healthy sleep hygiene, um, our stress levels so even, you know, finding movement, not just for exercise and not for calorie burn, but what can we switch our mindset to in terms of exercising and moving because it feels good? So finding more of a respect for our body in and enjoying movement because we're able to. So it's when I work with the you know the women and the clients that I have we look at all of these different things and we don't just focus on the nutrition but just being healthy and and you know self care as a whole because it's all important
0: so true one of the things and my listeners are going to get sick of hearing me tell this story but it's like a key piece of how I live my life i i try to imagine and i don't always do this but recently it's been helping me make some shifts in how i care for myself is I imagine myself at 82 and I'm trying to make choices now to set old Amber up for success. And I often, you know, sometimes it's really easy for just to be transparent. I mean, in the last two years, I got married, I moved twice, I, you know, I had foot surgery, I had some health issues. So my body took a hit. How do I then make choices to get my body? in my care for my body back on track so that 82-year-old Amber isn't, <laughs> isn't very frustrated with me for how I'm living in my late 30s, if that makes sense.
1: Right, I think that's a great way to think about it is is the long-term because so many times we do get caught up in the short-term, the quick fix that we want. know we want changes now we want weight loss now and we're going to do whatever it takes even if that is not necessarily good for our body we're going to do those things to get there so sometimes you know the dieting is even dangerous Um, but i think in terms of looking at the bigger picture like you're doing that's a really smart way to help you make these lasting changes Um, So, you know, keeping things small, like not starting out so much all at once, doing all the things and all of the changes, but doing small things day in and day out that are going to be, you know, easy to maintain, that are going to help you sustain those new healthy habits and get you to older Amber in a healthy way. I saw
0: recently (laughs) on social media, you posted it was like a screenshot of what three choices – okay, clearly I've I've paid close attention, Molly. Uh, what are the three choices you're going – There's been a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Um, what are the three choices you can make this week for your health? And they can be small changes. And so like for me, that got me thinking through – if I'm thinking I'm going to go from not exercising very much at all to walking five miles a day, not so realistic – also, like if I set right. up every day I'm going to work out this amount of time and then I fail, I'm less likely to try next week. And so making a small shift is
1: so good. Absolutely. you're setting yourself up for success with those small changes And so anytime I am working with someone I we don't we don't pick five things to work on for the week, but I think this is a good practice you know, even on our own, not just with diet, but what can I do this week? A lot of times Sunday is the day that we think about this in the evening. Like, how am I going to set myself up for success? during the week is that drinking more water is that moving in a healthy way that feels good like you said not trying to do the five miles but maybe we'll shoot for one mile and we'll get really good at that so those little small changes are going to be what helps you to maintain over the long term and not give up just because you didn't meet those unrealistic goals at the end of the week
0: and i can see how when you are I know for me personally, when I'm making positive choices and caring for my body, it translates to so many other areas of my life. So it makes me more intentional with how I spend my time, with how I organize my schedule. And so I can see how for your clients, like when you start to gain some traction and, and get some results in, okay, I'm feeling better. And even just knowing you're making positive choices for yourself makes you feel better internally. And so- how that can then transition to other areas of your life.
1: I think that's such a good way to, to think about it too. And remembering those non-scale victories that we're celebrating, you know, even small changes that maybe we noticed we had more energy or we didn't have that afternoon slump because we structured our, our lunch in a certain way. Like even those daily victories, we can celebrate to really, um, you know, just celebrate overall health and what you're doing to reach those long-term goals.
0: Very cool. I want to ask you, kind of a question that I ask at the end of, of every podcast or I want to ask, I should say we're at the beginning here. Um, but what would be, if people want to get connected with you, how do they do that? And what do you do with your clients? And just tell us all about your business.
1: <laughs> so two ways to really get connected right now on Instagram, it's Balanced balancednutrition.dietitian. And there you'll find things like stories and videos and helpful just little tidbits um, to help get you started or just get you thinking about some of the changes that maybe you want to make. I also have a private Facebook group and that is Balanced Living Nutrition and Weight Loss. And so that's a private group where we learn a little bit more, go a little bit more in depth and we can have a little bit Um, more one-on-one interactions in there to get you some more personalized help. Gotcha. There's Um, also... Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. There's also an application if you do decide that you you want to work with me. Um, I have an application, and then that will just allows us to get in touch. We'll set up a free call, thirty minutes, just to kind of go over what your goals are to see if you're a good fit to work with me, um, and to let you know how I might be able to help with whatever you're trying to change as far as the nutrition um, and in you know, feeling better and setting up a healthy lifestyle for yourself.
0: Very cool. I I just love your approach to it, even. Every your, your social media feed is very light and bright and it feels accessible where, you know, sometimes on they do food charts, you see food charts out in the world, uh, you know, on Pinterest or Instagram and it's food that it's like, I don't even know what that is. Like, <laughs> I can't identify that fruit thing <laughs> or vegetable, but it feels like you're saying no, fruit is good. Vegetables are good you know, crackers are okay, like in moderation, you know, and it's okay if you blow it, we'll do it again. You know, it may not be ideal for your body, but let's, let's figure out why you blew it and maybe how we can, can make some changes.
1: Well, thank you for saying that. I'm, I'm happy that it's helpful. Um, and I think the biggest thing is the balance. So realizing that all foods can fit in a healthy diet and there is no one food that we need to restrict or certain food groups that we need to let go of and, and avoid. And that's also one of the biggest factors of success is finding that balance for you. What feels good to you? How you know are these things that you're going to be able to maintain over the long term? And we don't have to give up the foods that we love in order to be healthy and feel good.
0: Very cool. I just feel like there's so much freedom in that, especially, I mean, I know it's still early September, but when we come towards the holidays, it feels like when you have that restriction mentality, which, side note, I want to have you back around the holidays, but you get to this feeling of, you know, you can't have all these foods that you love around the holidays, and that just is unrealistic when it's in your face all the time, and then you're miserable. I mean, maybe you're not, and and maybe you have more self-control than than I do, but to just set up a mindset of health and balance ahead of time feels just feels good.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think staying prepared at any time of the year and, you know, even preparing yourself, like we talked about, preparing for the week ahead by thinking, mapping out, you know, what's gonna happen this week, how can we set ourselves up for success? But when we're in a restrictive mindset, especially going into the holidays, if we're saying I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna eat a lot of Christmas cookies this year guess what we're gonna want? We're gonna want the Christmas cookies and they're gonna be everywhere. So I feel like we have to let go of those food rules and start to have a healthier relationship with all foods so that you don't feel like you're out of control when those things do happen. And that's the thing, life happens, right? So we're you know, we gonna have these social situations and parties and celebrations. And a lot of times food is involved. So, I think it's important to give yourself permission to enjoy all foods. And then it does kind of take the power away from feeling from certain foods of feeling like I'm not allowed to have that because we lifted those restrictions and we're just, we're enjoying the things that we like.
0: Very cool. Okay. So the question I want to end with for today, I could keep talking to you for a while, but you know, we'll, we'll practice some (laughs) self-control here. Um, what how will it be all worth it for my listeners to change their engagement with diet
1: culture i think the the word for that is just freedom so food freedom like not feeling like you're chained to certain rules and certain restrictions and eating a certain way that you you find what is working for you because we're all so different we don't you know what works for one person is not necessarily going to work for someone else but when you find the plan that works for you that you can maintain over the long term and enjoy yourself and not have those rules and restrictions and stress and feeling like you're miserable i think you know, it does make it all worth it in the end because when we picture how we want to be years down the road, it's not a life of restriction. It's a life of of freedom and enjoying ourselves and having love for our body, no matter what size it is.
0: Mm, So good. Oh, Molly, you are delightful and I enjoy chatting with you. So we'll have you back. uh, We'll have you back soon. We already have ideas for what that, might look like. And I will put in the show notes below all the ways people can get connected to you. I'd highly recommend um, following her on social media. She's um, just a really fresh perspective when it comes to food and our bodies and how we care for them. So thank you, Molly, for your time.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so happy to be able to talk more about this and I'd love to help your listeners and I'm excited to continue listening
0: to your podcast. Well, thank you. So join us next week. We'll have another conversation about change and who knows how soon it will be another conversation with Molly about change. So have a great week and we'll chat with you soon.